0: Welcome to episode 59 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassow. He there stole his go. thunder, but time, you know. It is Monday, June 2nd, and tonight we're going to talk about the King's recent birth in the Stanley Cup Final. Just kidding, all uh, no, you sports haters, we're not going to talk about that at all. We're going to discuss... X-Men Days of Future Past and all of its uh, spoiler-filled antics. Uh, We're also going to talk a little bit on the recent Star Wars casting that was announced just today, fresh, hot off the nerd presses.
1: So hot off the nerd presses that I missed it, so this will be news to me.
2: (sighs) Ian, did you see the new leaked photos from the set? From the, um... Where are they shooting that current... Um, Abu Dhabi, yeah, Abu Dhabi um, set pictures.
1: The last thing that I saw was that UNICEF thing that we talked about last
2: week. Maybe Paul and I can fill you in a little bit on those set pictures. I'm excited you guys
1: paint a picture with
0: words like nobody else. That's what I hear. But before we paint those beautiful picture words, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. It's kind of hot in the studio today. I don't feel
1: like that shot helped. No, it probably didn't. We have we had Red Stag, Cherry. No, we didn't. No? What was that that we had? It was Jack Daniel's Honey. Jack Daniel's Honey always puts me in the mood to fight, so I'm glad <laughs> that we did those shots. You can do some shots. Take your tablet outside where it's nice and cool. Pullupmcsauce.com. Check out the Reviews Strips podcast on Wednesday. Go to the Facebook page and like us. Give us some feedback on what you would like to hear and what you didn't like to hear. Go to iTunes or Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, any of those places where you find your podcasts. And download, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You guys
2: can say whatever you want. Just leave five stars. That's all we want is five stars. Because if you don't, that would just be bananas. Dog shit. Five stars. Pretty soon, we're
0: going
1: going to be moving to Libsyn.com. We'll still be in the iTunes store. You'll still find us the same way that you always did. We're just running out of space in Podomatic, and the Libsyn uh, deal is better. It's a little more professional. I think that we have earned our podcasting stripes, and we can move up to the major leagues. Because it's our goal to catch that old comic smell in episodes. And we're going to do it. I think we're... One or two away, somewhere around there. Is that there. it? It's very close. I think by this, within reach. this Sunday we're going to laugh. Him. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But if you'd like to hear that old comic smell, do the same kind of things that you do for us. Go to iTunes. Go to Podomatic, Stitcher Radio. They also have, um, they're also on audioboo.fm and you can leave an audible <coughs> review on that site I did it last week I submitted it to them so they'll have to approve it and then maybe you guys can hear what I said about their show
0: we plug um, we plug some podcasts that we like uh, the Nerd Exchange Fireside Chat more than you can chew um Battle Comic Smell and Party yeah, and Bullshit? Party and Bullshit uh Battle Comic Smell's most recent episode where they give their opinion on days of future past I really enjoyed. it and uh Jody and Jason if you guys are listening
1: Job well done. Yeah, I liked how they kind of got deep into the comic books and
0: the, where their feelings in the 90s... They, they fucked me up because they're like, this is the X-Men podcast. <laughs> they're the, the Days of Future Past podcast, and then the first half was all X-Men comic books. Like, So now they talk about comic books. <laughs> <laughs> it was good comic talk, so...
1: Other things that we like to plug, it's summertime... <laughs> You want to go to the movies. You just don't want to see any movie. You want to see classic 80s fair. Where can you see that? The Oaks Theater, Moonlit Matinee Film Festival at the Oaks, presented by Turner's Premium Iced Tea. This week, the 6th and 7th, Stand By Me. That's Friday and Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Stand By Me. I said before we turned the mics on that... It was kind of a dog shit movie.
2: I don't really like it all that much. Matt, you seem like you disagree. I think it's a great movie. I think you're very foolish if you feel that it is dog shit. I could see it maybe not being your cup of tea, but to say that it is dog shit shows your complete ignorance.
1: Ah, yes. That's something that I'm good at.
2: Showing my it's patented. Ignorance. It's sharply ignorance. It really is. It has Trad- a little registration mark after it. Trademark. Um... Uh, Dog shit, maybe a little too harsh.
1: Not my cup of tea. That sounds more like it. Just, I think I maybe have watched it once or twice. No real reason to go back. I watch a Big Bang Theory. I see Will Wheaton. I don't have to see him as a kid. That's true.
0: You don't need to see him in his prime when he was a
1: kid. <laughs> Is it, well, wasn't Star Trek really his prime? Was this, this was right before his prime. This was, like...
2: Let's be honest. Heading his into it. His role in Toy Soldiers was his prime. Correct? I have no idea that's what was. That's a deep cut. About. I'm not really sure. It's not that deep. Come it's on. Super deep. It's deep. a deep cut. It had, it had Samwise Gamgee himself. Mikey from the Goonies. Toy Soldiers. That one? No. What's that 80s song? Oh, maybe that Yeah, that's song Toy Soldiers. Is that from that movie? I don't think it's from that movie, though. Wasn't that movie, like, 1990? 91. 91. Up, don't know it. Yeah. It's, it's a, a movie about a group of kids that are in, like, a private school or a boarding school that's overtaken by terrorists. Like and Red Dawn? Kind of, but it's just terrorists in the school. I don't know if they're trying to get ransom money or what, but I don't remember. But um, the kids end up fighting back. But Will Wheaton is one of the kids in the school. Spoilers, he... Manages to get a gun from one of, the, one of the terrorists, and he comes out with his gun, and he's ready to fight back, and he gets gunned down on the steps of the school. Oh, no. And is mercilessly killed. Arlie Ermey, Keith Coogan, Lewis Gossett Jr. There you go, all those guys. A
0: cornucopia of questionable early 90s actors. <laughs> Keith Coogan plays a character named Snuffy Bradbury.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty cool name. But anyway, to clarify, they are not showing Toy Soldiers at the Oaks on June 6th and 7th at 10pm. They are, in fact, showing Stand By Me.
1: You'll be extremely disappointed if you go in there thinking that you're going to see Toy Soldiers. Corey
2: Feldman with his horn rim glasses just classic actors. Jerry O'Connell, a young Kiefer Sutherland, a young Kiefer Sutherland, a fat Jerry O'Connell. What else could a boy want? Or or any audience member. True. For that matter. Go see Stand by Me. Regardless of what our dear friend Mr. Sharpley has to say, it's a quality quality film.
0: Can we can we agree that Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine took a step down when she went from John Stamos? To Jerry O'Connell. Yes. Wait, what? Rebecca Romaine was married to John Stamos. Oh, she's not then anymore. They got divorced, and now she's married to Jerry O'Connell.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I no, consider
0: that a step
1: down. Jerry O'Connell is pretty likable. I've heard a lot of interviews. I I don't seen dislike on him things, but he's but not I like him less John than John Stamos. Stamos.
2: I don't know if I like him less than John Stamos, but I'm less attracted to him. And John Stamos.
1: You know what? That's a good call. I agree. I
2: think that that clarification was in order. I feel like
1: everybody is attracted to John Stamos.
0: You think Jerry O'Connell would hang out with us?
2: Yeah. I do. But maybe not John Stamos. Maybe not John Stamos. And I think that our chances of Jerry O'Connell Picking hanging, us up. hanging out with us is increased by us specifically saying, eh, he doesn't do much for me. Physically. You know, we could probably pull together enough cash to
0: rent Jerry O'Connell for a, what, a couple hours. Do you think that he would be on this podcast? <laughs> probably.
2: You know what? That That's going to be the new mission of this podcast. We're going to get, Jerry, get O'Connell Jerry O'Connell on the podcast, on the podcast and interview mm-hmm. him. He's going he's gonna to spend two hours with us, one night, in the studio.
1: We already have one fan. Ginger said that she would be into that, so.
2: So, Jerry O'Connell... If you're listening, and we know that you are, <laughs> maybe sometime in the next few months, maybe by the fall time, we would like to have you in studio for uh, a nice sit-down chat. Um, you know, pizza toppings of your choice. Um, At Mister OC on Twitter, I say we light him up. Sounds good to Here me. Here we come, JerryO. See?
1: Gary O'Connell was not in X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> is he going to be in Star Wars Episode Seven? But we have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the recent blockbuster, which took a 60% hit, I think, uh, this past week.
2: The only thing we care about here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast is how what, much movies make. What took a hit? X-Men. Days of Future Past. Where you been? It didn't do well?
1: It did well the first week, but in the second week, which we now know is pretty much par for the course.
2: Instant death to the number one film in the country.
1: is Unless you're
2: Captain America going up against nothing. nothing.
1: It took about a, a 60% fall, somewhere around there. Pretty steep. Hmm. Didn't earn a lot of money in the second. That's week. Disappointing. I don't think it has. it's a reflection on if it's a good movie or not. That's what we're learning, is that even if it's a quality movie, I don't know what you two thought about it, um, but even if it is a quality movie. We'll get there. I know, I know. You still take that same hit. You still take about a 50% hit, unless you're something ungodly, like the Avengers going up against stiff summer competition. I think Avengers still held some people off and didn't take that. 50,
2: 60% hit. This particular May has been particularly brutal as, as far as having something every single week. Something very significant. And something different each and every week. Yeah, and, and week. it was loaded with films that easily could end up being the number one movie of the year. Every week. Yeah, I mean, even
1: smaller films that you're like,
2: oh, it's a cute
1: little movie. Like Disney's Maleficent came out this week and was great in the box office, but to me, I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. Not that it's a small indie picture, but it's not a Transformers movie. It's not Marvel's
2: new thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not we're a, not the audience. Yeah, yeah. Although, it did open to really lukewarm reviews, similar to Spider-Man 2, maybe some Spider-Man 2. And we saw what what the reviews and the word of mouth did to that, I have a feeling you're going to see Maleficent drop 60% in in the next week, even though June looks to be a less competitive month than May was. I don't know what it is about May, why these studios feel like it's got to
1: be May. It's got to be May. You want to kick the summer off strong. People are taking vacations. You have Memorial Day. I know,
2: yeah. but only one of those movies is going to own Memorial Day. Memorial Day meant nothing well, to where, Godzilla. It meant nothing to Spider-Man. Yeah, I guess so, but it's still like... It meant nothing to X-Men. That was only... Or no, it men was... X-Men was, was Memorial right. Day. But, like, but where would you move a movie like that? Or would you just keep it in May where it's just a murderer's row? If it's got to be, be a summer movie, what is wrong with June? What is wrong with July? Or even August? I feel like... If you're really savvy, come out toward, like, the middle or end of August. I think we're going to
1: learn this year, because we're clearly paying attention to this shit, we're going to learn that August is a really bad month um, for for people to go to the movies.
2: We'll see. We're, we're watching it closely. The McSauce movie
1: and TV podcast rolls on. <laughs> Want
2: well, to continue along the lines of film... There was a film that came out over Memorial Day weekend, which two-thirds of the McSauce crew decided to...
0: Why don't we start with the Star Wars news, since I think we'll spend less time on that. So why don't we kick off... Don't act like you don't like this! So I'm why don't just... we kick off a long time I... ago with Matt Cassell. Can we put
2: some music in here, too? I'd like that. There you go, there it is. So, this today, this day today... Uh, it was announced that there have been two new casting announcements for the Episode 7 cast. Uh, they had announced, when they announced the big smorgasbord of actors that were returning and new faces that were joining the the uh, old standbys, that there were going to be more announcements to come. Uh, a lot of people speculated that they would be of the uh, female persuasion because there was... A little bit of eyebrow-raising vacancy in the female department when they originally announced the cast. There was only one substantial female in it, right? Daisy Ridley, who I still believe is going to be the main character of not only episode 7, but of the sequel trilogy. But the two new uh, casting announcements are the lovely Ian, please help me out.
1: Oh, Jesus, no. I was looking at it like, I don't want to say this out loud. Is it Lupita Yong Is that N silent? <sighs> yeah, I don't know How do you say it? Lupita Nyong'o Nyong'o Okay I wasn't all that fucking far off I missed the O on. You were like or the Volta at the Oscars Ouch said Lupita Nyong And I missed the O That's how no, 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 you end there
2: You said You made the N silent You said <laughs> Yong'o Nyong'o.
1: Nyong'o? Yeah. Is that
2: a crazy thing for me
1: to think of an actress that I haven't heard of, that the end would be silent? Is that crazy? In this no. type of... No, it's not. Okay. A
0: little um, bit. A so, little bit crazy. Okay. I think you're okay. Okay. Do you want to tackle okay. that next name?
1: Steve McQueen. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie. There you
0: go. Very good. The other name's tough. Lapita Nyong'o, we know from Twelve Years a Slave. If you've seen it, Do I've we know never that? seen it. I don't I think her. any of us know it. I know her more from the Oscars than anything else.
2: Did she not have the classiest acceptance speech you ever saw? Uh, I didn't see it. Okay, well I did, and I was al- almost moved by it. I thought that she was incredibly graceful, and I immediately became a fan. What was so moving about it? Uh, she presented herself with a lot of grace and dignity and uh, seemed rather humble in, um, in her acceptance of the Best Supporting Actress Award. That's what we like around hum- here. Humility. Humility. She has that. Um, and uh, it. she has long been rumored as a potential cast member of episode seven. I this rumor's at least two months old. Would that be a fair assessment? Fair. Now Twitter blew up when they announced these two these two ladies as uh, being
0: Gwendolyn Christie of Game of Thrones Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, the uh, the big bitch. Brianna Tarth. Now when I say the big bitch, I was quoting Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop two. When he refers to, um, what's her name? Stallone's ex-wife. This deep cut brought to you by Maca uh, Hold on. We know it.
0: We all know it. We don't.
2: Yes, we do. I don't. Brigitte Nielsen. Brigitte Nielsen. Do you know it now, Paul? I know her. Yeah, there you go. Um, whenever Eddie Murphy first encounters her in the movies, like, god damn, that's a big bitch. So anyway, from what I read, this woman is is between 6'2 and 6'3. Very tall, very hulking. A lot of people are projecting her to end up being Asajj Ventress, the uh, bald-headed, dual lightsaber-wielding Sith Lord from the Clone Wars era. Uh, I don't know. Doesn't really make much sense if she... Is
0: is Asajj Ventress
2: gigantic
0: in the Clone Wars? No, she's actually
2: rather petite. Which doesn't, I mean, it would be a slightly different take on the character, you know, in in live action form. But, um, I don't really see it. I I feel like the other girl, um, I forget her name already. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. I feel like she has a more accurate build, but the character is white. Not like how racist not caucasian <laughs> but white oh, i don't like know chop, like, oh chop- i get it. Oh, okay uh, I, don't, I, get it. I don't know if they can achieve that given her her natural color and um but i don't know she she might be able to pull it off well we will see i don't even know if that's where they're going a lot of the rumors floating about are that the uh, the night witches are going to be the the main um, the main villains in this series. Matt, why don't you tell the
0: listeners who aren't familiar with the Clone Wars what the deal is with the language?
2: Actually, I'm not all that crystal clear on it. I know that they... What um, kind of Star Wars aficionado? They're clearly not a good one. No. They use, I think, a form of magic as opposed to wielding the Force. They're more like sorcerers, and it seems exclusively a female clan. Now, I know where they... Started in the design of Star Wars. Um, I remember George Lucas went to some of his concept artists during the, the development of Episode 1 when they were trying to come up with the new bad guy who eventually became Darth Maul. But they said George Lucas asked his artist to come up with your worst nightmare. Um, and they drew one of these night witches, and she apparently was terrifying looking. And George Lucas took a step back and said, You know, maybe draw your second worst nightmare. (laughs) Uh, Because the Night Witches were just a little too frightening. And um, being, you know, one of the many Star Wars concept characters and art, as you guys know, they don't like to throw away things. They recycle them in future installments, whether it's the Clone Wars or future movies. And eventually they brought the Night Witches to the Clone Wars and... I believe that that clan was responsible for bringing Darth Maul back to life. Uh, although, no, he wasn't dead, but they brought him. I think they gave him legs or something, or brought him back in some way. I don't know if they made him not insane anymore, because in the show. Yeah, he had, wasn't he, he crazy? Lost.
1: Yeah. He totally lost it. And his brother, I'm not sure who his brother was. Yeah, his brother Savage. Which him, is
2: Savage, if spelled the same way. Like kind of terrible. French savage, Sauvage. Sauvage? Because I think what they decided to do... Mm-hmm. Because they were making oui. this up as it went. And they brought this Sauvage character, and they're like... We see Savage We know that you guys liked Darth Maul, but he's dead. He got cut in half. You saw it happen. He's dead. <laughs> but, so they decided, you know, we'll bring in Darth Maul's brother... Why they gave him the crappiest name ever, I don't know. But they, they brought in his brother and, gave him, and gave him the, the double-sided lightsaber. Mm. And then I think they realized, you know what? This still isn't Darth Maul. We gotta bring Darth to Maul back. French! We went two French!
1: <laughs> so yeah, I think that one of these Night Witches sets his mind right, gets him nice and straight on the path of revenge... And, uh, that's all that I saw of that. But they look, I'm looking at a picture of them, look pretty menacing, kind of like, uh, the Red Lanterns from Green Lantern fame a
2: little bit. It it could be interesting, um, if they go there, because they're different than the Sith, but they're kind of scary, they're, there could just be some really cool stuff. It could be a whole different thing that Luke Skywalker's never seen, or any of the Jedi of the more modern era have ever seen. Um, it could be cool. And, that leads us a little bit to, the set pictures, that are floating about on the internet. There's about 20, or 45 different pictures. A lot of cool stuff, a lot of practical looking effects, all over the place. Big ass alien pig rhino looking thing. Um, it's bigger, it's probably the size of about two pickup trucks. Um, there are buildings, lots of characters in costume, several of which appear to be kind of similar to a Night Witch-looking robe. The red robes, um, there could be some kind of overlap there. I'm not convinced that it's not. Paul, you saw the pictures. What do you think? Um,
0: I don't think it's any overlap. I don't think they're Night Witches. No, in the picture's. I think they're just uh, denizens of Tatooine.
2: Are we pretty sure this is
0: Tatooine? Denizens of some other sand space planet that looks like Tatooine.
2: Do you feel like we would visit a different sand planet? Nope. So you think it's Tatooine? Yes. I do too. Why would they visit another planet that looks just like Tatooine? I'm just trying to clarify. have it not be
0: Tatooine. That would be something Christopher Nolan would do if he were making this movie. Why? Why do you say that? Because he made Tim Drake and Dick Grayson, but didn't make Tim Drake and
2: Dick Grayson. Ah, okay. Like making Tatooine. But not, but not Tatooine. Right. Okay, fair enough. Now, how do you feel about revisiting Tatooine? Because I think that that is probably the most solid confirmation we can take outside of the fact that Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia are all going to be in this movie. The most concrete thing we can say is... They're back on Tatooine in some capacity in this film.
0: I like it. It's a, it's a nice base for the Star Wars movies. It feels like home. It does. It does feel like home. I and mean, maybe that's part of the problem I had with the prequels, that we were in we so many different places that nothing felt like nothing felt like home. That we didn't even get like Endor or Hoth or anything. And uh, granted, it's a huge galaxy. So why would you focus on a handful of worlds? But it's it's nice always going back to, to Tatooine, even, you know, seeing Mos Espa.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, I like that kind of Tatooine is the only recurring planet, right, throughout the whole saga. It's it's kind of like the, the cradle of where the story is, and it seems like they're continuing that tradition.
0: I don't think, I don't think that's how it needs to be. If they went back to Cloud City or Endor or somewhere, I don't, I'd, I do not think I'd be not okay
2: with that. I but don't it, think I would have a problem with it necessarily either. But it, it, I mean, it is kind of a pattern that it seems to be repeating.
0: It is the birthplace of our hero in bro- both trilogies, so right. And it's hard to do Star Wars without
2: seeing Coruscant at this point. Probably, yeah. I think we'll see Coruscant. I and wouldn't be surprised to see Naboo. Why would we see Naboo?
0: I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did.
2: Ah, uh, and it goes to see what Jar Jar Binks has been up to all these years. That Senator wacky Jar Jar. Guy. Well, doesn't
0: Naboo become like a cradle of government for the
2: universe? Not like Coruscant is, but like it's a it's a big world. No, it's a small planet. It says so in the opening crawl of episode one, The Small Planet of ne- I, I don't mean
0: physically, it's a big world, but I, I thought it was very important to government in the Star Wars universe.
2: Well, I mean, it gave us Senator Palpatine, who became Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. It gave us the, the well-respected and regal Queen Amidala herself. Remember that, Ian?
1: I remember that. That was in Star Wars. It was
2: in episode one. Remember when the Nemoidians said, Ah! It's Queen Amadala herself. At last, we are getting results.
0: And I was like, at last, we're getting Donald's so chicken! <laughs> you
2: peed <to laughs> it, you <cop-talker.
0: laughs> uh, Good old Queen Amadala. I'm gonna wear my sexiest outfit, turn down the lights, and blue ball your shit brains out.
1: Oh, I hated that. Yep. I felt so bad for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What a bad girlfriend, pseudo... Maybe he used the Jedi mind trick on her to dress like that. You would like think that. that he would have
1: done more than that. I think there would be some Star Wars anal going on <laughs> in that. So... But I guess the powers weren't all the way up there yet. He would, didn't turn to the dark side.
2: So, the pictures look cool. You know, it's it's starting his to paint. clearly
1: the
0: dark side.
2: Every single week, I feel like we're getting a smaller piece to the puzzle and we're starting... Things are very slowly coming into focus with what's going on with this movie. It's kind of fun, um, but I think we have a long way to go until that becomes even clearer. Um, With the casting announcement, though, it felt to me like the internet and Twitter blew up more about the fact that they were females as opposed to, oh my god, who are these characters going to be in the movie? Which is what I care about. I don't care what the fucking ratio is. I think it's totally cool if this Daisy Ridley chick is going to be the main hero of the saga. I think mean, it's fine. I have no problems with it. Nerds are amped. But, but yeah, the, the way that the nerds are carrying this torch for the female gender for this saga is absurd to me. Fuck chicks, right? Yeah! Yeah!
1: <laughs> I guess they feel... Well,
0: we- they got slighted
1: in the original trilogy. They got slighted in the prequels, so... When you really think about it, how many female characters are there in those... Six movies, not very many.
0: There's essentially two, and now we have three. And I don't, I don't uh, think. I'm sorry, cast I'm going
2: to disagree with you. Did you ever hear of Maud Mothma? Mm,
0: you're right. And Leader think, of the um,
2: Rebel Alliance herself. Sure.
0: And I don't think they're going to cast with Peter Nyong'o. She's just going to be a bit part. I could see um, Gwendolyn Christie being more of a tertiary character. There
2: has been a very long-standing rumor. I'm going to say over maybe the last six months that there was a black descendant, female descendant of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not exactly sure how that works. Yeah, that seems like a
1: stretch. They're really trying to diversify
0: But here
2: all of a sudden, we have a black female actress that just joined the fold. Maybe she's a descendant of Obi-Wan. Maybe he somehow had a little... Side adopt. She's, he's looking at Luke, but he adopted this other girl. I don't know. She doesn't seem the right age, though, does she? She doesn't. Like, he would have been dead before she was born. Maybe, maybe he he was friends with her mother.
1: I don't think that they need to tie all the stuff in there. It's It's great that they're trying to, but I think that you can just create a fresh new character, bring it into the universe... And I think we'll be okay with it. Seems like they're taking the right steps to tie some of the necessary pieces and make it familiar for everybody. But that is a fucking stretch. So. Every, time up,
0: every time I look up Star Wars art, I am always shocked by the amount of Ashoka Tano porn and filth. I think it's Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. Are you really shocked? Um I'm always kind of surprised. Timberated? I'm always kind of surprised. Because I, I, I'm not even looking for that right now. It's, Nerds it's, it have time on up. their hands,
2: man! They want to make star porn! It's well, that, not porn exactly, it's just her in a bikini. You're right, bud.
0: Let's move on.
1: So, is that all we got for
2: Star Wars? I um, think so. I think so. For this week, don't worry. There will probably be more shit next week. A
1: long time ago, this week with Matt
0: Casale. So let's move on to Days of Future Past. The three of us haven't talked about it yet because I didn't see it till late, and
2: we saved it for the podcast, As which is like to do the unofficial slogan of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, copyrighted Copy trademark. trademark. So, <clears throat> so what'd you guys think of Days of Future Past?
0: It's okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I
2: like that. So, anyway, is that is that it for the well, show? I guess that's it for will do right. it.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Would one of you like to
2: elaborate on days of? Ian, yeah, why past? don't you elaborate? I'll tell you why you should elaborate, because I feel like you came away from this movie. Ian and I saw it together, by the way. For some reason, Paul couldn't be bothered to make it out to the movie theater. I'm not sure what he had better to do. recording
0: another podcast. (laughs) Uh, That's that's easier to do than this one, (laughs) because I don't have to fight with those. I never said any of
1: that. But, (laughs) Matt, you were saying, well, you and I ventured to the movie theater together to bond and watch a film... Together, as a team. Yeah. While Paul was off gallivanting in the Forest, of Endor, wherever. Yes. You
2: yeah. Felt, what did you feel? Well, I felt that you came away from this having um, maybe a stronger feeling than I did. I feel like um, maybe afterwards you had um, you maybe had more to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would you um, like
2: to elaborate on yeah, that?
1: Sure. Um, as you guys probably know, I am a big X-Men fan. One of my favorite comic book superhero teams.
2: I was really. T- Who is your favorite comic book superhero team? I, I probably the X-Men. Uh, probably. So it's not one of. It is
1: your favorite. Sure, we'll go there and
2: say. At least until the Avengers Two comes out, and then he'll be like. Avengers are my favorite comic book superhero team. But they're
1: not, because I have a past history with the X-Men. It was one of the first comic books that I purchased. Avengers, I didn't get on the Avengers bandwagon until New
2: Avengers in the early 2000s. I I never really had a history with them. What about when that piece of dog shit Fantastic Four comes out? Are you going to be like, I've always been a Fantastic Four? No, because
1: once again, I'm not... I, I bought Fantastic Four books here and there, uh-huh. but I never had the same kind of love that I have for X-Men. So, yeah, you, you pulled it out of me, Matt. I was trying to be secretive, but X-Men's my favorite comic. That's what I do.
2: Scene. I get to the heart of the matter. That's true. I break great. this shit down, and I get it out there on the table. That's, why, that's what we love about you, Matt. Very quickly, on a completely side note, because if... Anything we deviate here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. That's what we do. Derail. We mentioned uh, the Fantastic Four. I have also tried to get into Fantastic Four many times over Mm -hmm. the years. I've been buying comic books since 1991, and I really never did except for Mark Miller's Four, the Marvel Knight series Four. Do you remember that? Was that Jay Lee on art? No, it was. Oh, God, what is his name? He drew Civil War. Um, St- uh, Steve McNevin. Steve McNevin. Nevin. What is it, Paul? McNevin. McNiven. Is that what I said? Was I right for once? I don't think you were. Oh, damn it. I you said McNevin. I said Nevin. Niven Niven Neven.
1: Nevin, Shib and
2: Anyway, I thought that that run was really good. Now, McNiven only lasted... Mm, six seven eight issues until you had like somebody that came along that kind of tried to draw as well as him but really couldn't like in the same style so you like the mark miller series i did like it it must have been awesome i thought it was good anyway sorry to shift away from uh days of future past i too like
1: fantastic four but it has taken a long time and there are only a few series that i can point to yeah
0: how about you paul I only really Well, I like the um Mark Wade run Mike, with Mike Waringo Ringo. on art. Those were some mm. really cool books. Uh, not it wasn't a very long run by him. Um and then I, I really liked the first three, four trades of Ultimate Fantastic Four. So I think I'm gonna have um I'm gonna give
2: this new movie a little more leeway than you gentlemen. Well I think Ian will give it leeway. I'm the only one that openly hates it. What? X-Men? No. The new Fantastic Four. Oh, oh seen yeah. Nothing about it. The Matt Cassell way. I don't often judge a, a book based on its cover the way that I'm judging this X-Men, but this casting for that movie couldn't have been worse. But you also judge Arrow, and you judge The Flash. Incorrect. Like and incorrect. I guess that's true. We've seen trailers for this. Well, not only that, but I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just saying I'm not going to watch them. I will tell you, Fantastic Four will be terrible. Really? You can definitively say
1: that from the casting? Just because right now, you don't like the pictures on IMDb so far.
2: None of these actors feel like they were the right choice for those characters. At all.
1: You don't think that a modern-day film with a good director, maybe an excellent script, and competent
2: Actors can surprise you? You don't think that could happen? Anything's possible. Who's directing it?
1: I have no idea. Josh
2: Trank. Who? Exactly. So, how could I say he's competent? He's, He's as incompetent as he is competent, as far as I'm concerned. So true. So your
0: familiarity with the main four is
2: almost nil. Oh, I don't think that's fair. Have you seen Miles Teller in anything? Josh Trank. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the... You've the seen Fantastic you've Four seen Chronicle but and you've seen I've seen Chronicle Mara
0: and something And you guys have American s- horror story And you guys have said that you really like Chronicle
1: I've never seen it Chronicle's so pretty good So he's just incompetent then
2: The oh the director? No, I'm not saying that. I'm I I have mean- as much under his belt as the director of Godzilla had
0: before making
2: a movie that he loved. The director of Godzilla had less under his belt. And they
0: handed him the keys to a Star Wars spinoff.
2: True. True. It certainly helped that he was directing Brian Cranston as opposed to whoever the K-4 shit. K-4 is K-4. a really
0: good actor. Uh, is so she and really and good? Miles Teller, she is a really good actor.
2: Miles Teller is
0: a solid actor, and Michael B. Jordan is a really good actor. Just cast... We've been over this casting yeah. before. You're being way too harsh, just based on the casting. I am unnecessarily. Funny. You won't go see this film.
1: We won't have a McSauce field trip and go together. We see it will t- together, but he won't be there.
2: I don't think I'm going to see this movie. Okay, based on nothing but casting. When you're not even trying... You're showing me that you're not even trying. But they are trying. They're not trying. They're trying. They're it's not like- trying. Why aren't they trying? Because it's not that because hard... Because you don't know these people. It- do they look anything like they're supposed to? That doesn't matter. They're- it matters! It doesn't Ever. matter. They're they're reaching
0: out to a broader audience like Star Wars is doing now. Why? It's if Star Wars casts
2: black actors and females, but when Fantastic Four you're- does it, you're- you it- can't do that. Do You realize you're making an unfair compar- comparison. Yeah, but I
0: also understand why they're doing it. And for you to just shut it down based on that is
2: absolutely 100% unfair to this movie. No, it's not. You are telling me that an established look for characters, long standing characters, and for complete um, negligence and, and and ignorance to it, that doesn't matter to them. But the source so long, material is known for changing things all the time.
1: Comic books change people all the time. People die and come back and are reborn as black or female
2: characters all the time. Maybe this is an extension of that. But every one of them just feels just and, off. And you know every what? And you know what, Granddad, you're not going
0: to get your Granddad's Fantastic Four. It's 2014. These are. Um, I'm surprised one of the Avengers isn't black or a female. And I'm um, not hating on that. I'm all in. But one of the Avengers is a female? Iris
2: West on the new Flash show is black now. Now, whenever no, me, she's not people a, see the Avengers, are they saying, "Geez, I really wish these characters looked different than they do in the comic book, or are they going apeshit about how perfectly cast they were? No, but
0: you hear the same, the same, a similar outcry of... Why is Black Widow the only female? There's other female heroes out there.
2: Why aren't there more girls in the? In And there? the response to the Star Wars casting, with the internet blowing up over females being cast... It is it's, it's, a it's, wildly outspoken minority. Possibly, but... Come on. It's, you know it is.
1: <laughs> women are 50% of the viewing audience. right? They are, but they, so are, but they
2: are... I'm saying the outcry is a minority. It could be, but they're targeting... That minority. They but want that, people to say what, that.
1: It's to, it's to build
0: more hype and more good feelings when, towards a property. When the sh- same minority saying, thank God this cast isn't all white dudes again.
2: Well, Sue Storm is a female. But and if, if, you, and if, if you, you want
0: if, that too, even though they cast a competent female for that role.
2: I don't feel like she looks the right part for I mean, I don't think she's great casting. I didn't think Andrew Garfield was the right casting for Spider-Man. But that and surprised he's a white you dude. after.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is a white dude. But that surprised you after seeing Amazing Spider-Man two. You thought that he I, did I, a good I, job. I in the warmed
2: world. up significantly to him. Now
1: maybe that same thing could happen here. It could.
0: Uh, if I see, but he's it. never going to see it. So that's not going. to We're going to drag him if to go if see this. I'm not dragging him to see anything. If he's, a, he's an adult, I'll take him. I'll trick him into. He's that. an outspoken racist, sexist adult, but an adult but nonetheless. Two haircuts
2: <laughs> To suggest that um, not being faithful to the source material is a bad move or a racist move or a sexist move is very ignorant on your part.
1: I don't, well, did you say any of that? Did you suggest
0: that if they had all white people, that would be racist? I didn't say that. I called you racist and sexist because I was being funny. But you don't even. You're not even a big Fantastic Four fan. I don't so like I shit don't, to not look so the way it's supposed to I don't know why you're so adamant
2: against Because this. I know exactly what the Fantastic Four is supposed to if look like. If it was like, Savage and Dragon
0: and they did this, then I would. I would agree. I, I don't know if you'd be justified, but I would. I'd, I'd feel you. I'd know where you're coming from. But you're not even a Fantastic Four guy. And you're like, that's it, duh.
2: I wow. feel like the Fantastic Four is too, um. Like, kind of. Too established in the comic book landscape to to just throw it out the window and change it well, just
1: because. Well, let's take a look at this. Maybe it's not just because. Maybe it's because there were two movies that preceded it that were panned by audience and fans. And the fact that they, they didn't all look 100% correct, Jessica Alba, we're looking at you. But... They were still pretty close. Most of that casting was pretty good, and it still failed, and it still didn't ignite a fire under the fan base, and the fans didn't
2: really get behind it, even though they they clearly tried. If you're suggesting that that movie failed because of the casting... No, I'm not. I'm just saying that the casting was better... Go ahead. It was was more accurate. It was a a closer reflection of what's on the page. Sure. That's... Is it
1: a major sin to change some shit up?
0: Comic of, books change stuff. They changed up all, all of them, though. Man, they didn't change all of them. They changed one guy. They made him
2: black. That's it. One ben, guy's gonna be Ben Grimm his. is a pencil. He's dude. gonna be under CG ben, Grimm the is time. ben Grimm, not the thing. Ben Grimm is a big hulking guy. They made they cast a fucking twig to play him.
0: Seventy five percent of that movie, he's gonna be all CG. And you can't say all the casting, because Miles Teller is a white guy, and Kate Mara is a white
2: guy. He chick. doesn't and look right for... In the spirit oh, of ridiculous. where
1: Michael... You're ridiculous, dude. In the spirit of Michael B. Jordan, I think that dude can play a
2: swaggering, Michael B. Jordan, I don't even care about him. Like He's, he's the least of my concerns. Who's feel, the
1: biggest of your concerns, then?
2: Probably Thing. No, you know, Mr. Fantastic, because you're going to see him the most. And when I look at him, he looks like a dumbass. He He looks like a dork. That's what Reed Richards is. He's a science dork.
1: Is that such a stretch? This Uh, isn't... ah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this isn't Vin Diesel playing Reed Richards.
2: That might be better. Now you're being ridiculous. Obviously, I am exaggerating to make my point. Yes, I'm using hyperbole, Paul. However, this casting feels quite exaggerated to me. It feels like they were like how different can we be for the sake of being different? But they only changed one thing. They, they you're, You keep things, going back to Michael B. Jordan. Went, if they did that they would like, be a, a five
1: foot
0: two Chinese girl if they really wanted to go for it. All they did differently was Michael B. Jordan. So the I guy that plays the thing is a little thin. Big deal. Okay. The other uh, Mr. Fantastic's white. I can't wait Catreras for, this, for to a, a come
2: home bomb, and then you guys can be like, oh, yeah, you were right. I'm not
0: saying it's not going to bomb, but I'm not going I'm to not, gonna not it, go see it based is, on casting.
2: It is the first of- And you've never even seen Miles Teller in anything. Yeah, I have. What, what else was it? Wasn't he in Red State? Wasn't that him? No. Or, yeah, I guess he was in Red State.
0: He was
1: in Divergent? 21 and over. That awkward moment.
0: So I got right now. Was Miles taller in Red State, or was that the the other guy? I don't know. Kyle Garner. I think
2: that's who you're thinking. Okay. Of. Do they um, look the same? Similar. All right. So okay. Project, I'll, Project I'll, X, I'll X is that. what you saw yeah. him in. You I didn't saw see Project. X. X. I thought you said you did. No. 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 Anyway, anyway. Look, here's my point. <laughs> should, just, just one last point. To me, this this shows a. A complete disregard for the fans. Um, And it's the first step in many to come, right? So obviously we have to see trailers. We have to find out what the story is about. But step one, I'm not impressed. And it makes me wonder how seriously the studio is going to take this film. Um, You think the studio is not going to take this film seriously? It's the same studio that did the first run of them.
1: True, but clearly from this, they're going in a different direction.
2: They are going in a different direction. Um, but again, like, I, I just don't understand how you guys don't see the 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 value in bringing the page to real life. And, and what a positive impact that has. When you see that shit and you're like, that looks exactly the way it looks in the comic book. Why do you not want that feeling? Like, what... Because this is 2014, and we're not going to get that anymore. It's going to be closed. That's absurd, absurd. because you get it in the Avengers, and the Avengers is the biggest comic book movie ever. And that was... Okay, so that was 2012. And you get a lot of that in X-Men, too. To a degree, but I feel like Avengers is about out-of-the-mainstream stuff, about as faithful as it gets to the printed page... And that shit predates but, the Fantastic But also, story. everything can't be the Avengers. Everything
1: can't be exact, straight, out of
2: the page. Maybe this, they don't want to do that. All Maybe- this stuff has withstood the test of time for a reason. If it was crap, then it wouldn't still be
1: relevant. I think that you're being overdramatic and thinking that they're throwing everything out just by a few casting decisions. It, 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 at least it raises an eyebrow. You ha- you can have your your opinion on it. But I would disagree with you, and the proof will be in when we all go together, holding hands, walking into the be theater. Dumb. Oh, walking into the theater together—we're all going together. If, to the if, if Paul's not too busy camping, if I'm not too busy podcasting
0: someplace else,
2: watch—I'll be the only fucking idiot that goes and sees this movie. So,
0: Ian, would you would you disagree with Matt's opinion on? X-Men Days of Future Past. I
1: don't know what he thought about it. We didn't talk about it. I don't know what he thought. We'll just skip anything. I liked it. I thought it was good. How what was your what was your excitement going into it? I would say that uh, I don't know if we did polynomics for it, but we I, do polynomics for
0: everything. Yeah. I I'd say that I'm pretty ex- I was pretty excited we about it. We do polynomics before our shots before the show. Yeah,
1: we really? do. I thought that this could possibly be a fresh new beginning for the franchise. I really liked the first two X-Men movies. I liked First Class. I even liked the Wolverine. I liked those characters. I like what they stand for. And I was excited for new life to come to this franchise. I think that Brian Singer and the cast of this movie were able to do all of those things. Granted that there are some problems with, I don't know characters having different powers that they may not have had on the comic book page, problems with the um, continuity of the films that we've all seen didn't seem to really match up, but honestly, the fun that I had with it and the good things that we'll talk about, I think overcame some of those flaws. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed, enjoyed seeing the dark dystopian future, I always get into that I like the whole 70s feel, whenever they travel back in time. Um, I didn't mind that they changed some stuff around. Uh, Wolverine being the one going back into the past and trying to stop this assassination plot. Wolverine's the main character of this franchise. It only makes sense for him to be in that role. Um, So, yeah, I generally liked it. Would you attach a number to it? I would say that... um, I would give it an 8 out of 10... Really liked it. Wow, eight. I thought that this film fixed some problems. It wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed it immensely. Was it better than Captain America? Maybe not, but I still liked it. I still liked it more.
0: Hmm, Matt,
2: I also liked it. Enough I mean... to
0: give it an eight.
2: Wow, you you want to jump right to the? Uh... Right to the end. This has a tinge of, I didn't like it that much. (laughs) I liked it a lot. Uh, I agree with basically everything Ian said, however, I did not read Days of Future Past, so, no, I didn't know stuff. I didn't know that it wasn't Wolverine. Would you say in this case, people don't know stuff? People don't know everything. I didn't know Wolverine went back in time. Honestly, I didn't know Kitty Pride didn't have that extra super mutant power that she used in this movie. And because I didn't know it, it didn't take me out of the moment in any way. So I took everything at face value that I was seeing in this
0: movie. But that power is not a Days of Future Past specific thing. That's just a general X-Universe thing. Like, if you've ever read Kitty Pride in an X-Men comic, you know she doesn't come with that, that add-on.
2: Well, I, I thought so, but I was like, well, maybe I just missed something It at didn't some point. kill me,
0: either.
1: Like, it didn't... While I was watching it, I sure was like, man, that's really strange. But in my head, I was enjoying the film so much that I was already rewriting it and saying, well, she phases through stuff, and she's older, and maybe she learned how to... You know, I was doing all that stuff because it was a good enough film.
2: It was really cool to see the X-Men in the future... I mean, like, they were a pretty good team, you know. I, I want to see a film about that future team. Right. Like, they're they're very effective as a team. And, and, you know, their mutant powers, the way they're all working together versus the way that you see them in the early days where there's just a few of them and they just kind of have these individual powers. There wasn't that sense of team. You start to get the idea of how, what a difference this team can make in the world. Um it was great seeing the classic guys again, like when Magneto comes out of the Blackbird, um, and, and even Storm, who, you know, Halle Berry, she's barely in the movie, and that was cool that she was there. That was totally her, and she did some cool things. Uh, the, Sen- the future Sentinels were scary. Those uh, big square rectangular ships that they came flying in on. They looked on, like
1: coffins flying. Yeah, were the scary. Bombs. Yeah.
2: Uh, the future was just so bleak and. and well done as far as creating a sense of complete foreboding and and dread. Uh, I loved that. And then when they went away from it, I was like, man, I'm not going to like it as much when they go back in time. But it was so cool the way they did that. It it had the single greatest sequence in all of the X-Men films, and that is the Quicksilver scene. Hands down, my favorite single moment at the movies this summer.
0: Not only, not just because I am a Jim Croce fan, but they couldn't have picked a better song to pair with the atmosphere during that scene, the way he ran around the room. I mean, that was, that was perfect. It had, it had a little bit of melancholy in it as like, this is the world he's stuck in. Most of the time. And also, a little bit of comedy as he's gone through doing stuff. They couldn't have found a better song to work through that scene. And I thought that it was handled
1: really well. Quicksilver was a dynamic character prop. Like Matt said, maybe one of the best things that we've ever seen. But they didn't overdo it. Sure, they could have had Quicksilver at the end, doing some things. That would have detracted from the moment that he had. They just gave you a little taste. Where I'm sitting here like, man, I want to go back and see X-Men. Man, I can't wait for Apocalypse. They better put him in that, I really want to see him more. Right. As ridiculous as he looked, he was pretty great. He looked awful. And totally overcame it.
0: Well, Is it are the, we okay with maybe rationalizing that he cobbled together his headphones, which were the ear clip on time that they didn't
2: have in 73? I didn't even do it a second spot. However, his look... I mean, he was a teenager. Who cares if that's what he looked like when he was a teenager? If he looks a little more accurate in the present day, that's kind of cool. And I love the throwaway line, my dad dated some, or my mom dated somebody that had... That
1: killed like that. me, man. I love that. There yeah. was so much of that stuff in this film. Um, so much so that a criticism is, from a non-comic book fan, this seemed like this was a real film for the fanboys. This was targeted at a specific audience, and people that are in the know loved it. Mass audience might not have gotten it as much.
2: You know, I'm very... I, I have to disagree, disagree very very strongly oh, with Oh, so that. we're going to hate I mean, very strongly? <laughs> well, I kept it going. Disagree very strongly. Because I don't know the source material. I just know like comic book movies, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I kept up with it. It's fine. Well, for the most part, and I was completely entertained. But getting back to my review, I liked when they went back in time. I thought there were several incredibly cool touches, like the thirty-five millimeter footage when Beast is attacking Magneto in the well or the fountain, and uh, and when Mystique is you know first runs away after she just gets shot in the leg. That was so cool, and um. Like we said, the Quicksilver stuff. There was just so much to like. You know, this was probably Hugh Jackman at the top of his game as Wolverine. There was very little that I had issue with. And and not only that, this series is... It's Bryan Singer's baby. It, clearly, the X-Men movies are best when he helms the movie. Thanks, Matthew Vaughn, for your participation. Thank you... Well, no, not thank you, Brett Ratner. You were horrible. Um, the other guys that worked on the Wolverine films, especially the X Men Origins Wolverine, I don't know who you were. You should never work in comic in, in film again. Um, the guy that did the second one, I forget who that was, but it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was it was decent in the face of this is Wolverine without like any of his powers, and he can be hurt real bad. Yeah. And but the, it still felt like. A Wolverine movie, James James and 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 man, you Jackman, you got to give it up for him because he brings it every single time. He does, even in a
2: bad movie, he he embodies Wolverine. He does, and and I've been on his case about his stature being off for Wolverine, but you know, I don't think I'd rather anybody else be in Wolverine just because I love the energy and and the fact that he loves being that character. I I feel like. There isn't another actor out there that likes being that hero the way Hugh Jackman likes being Wolverine. It's it's the role he was meant to play. And in spite of the fact that he's too tall, he has completely made it his own. And that's awesome. Of course, you have the the fantastic um, Easter eggs at the end, if you want to call them Easter eggs, with... uh, James Marsden coming back as Cyclops. Spoilers. Um, what's your name? Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen coming back as Jean Grey. Awesome. I like how you know Brian Singer was like, okay guys, we know you hated what Brat Ratner did in X-Men 3. We're going to fix that. Here you go. You're going to have these guys back in the next film.
1: I practically jumped out of place. my seat. Never, James Marsden. grabbed...
2: Yeah, I think I yeah. saw you out the corner. Of the I was because excited. I think I was jumping out of my seat, and we saw each other.
1: We had a moment.
2: We had a moment. And you think it, who's going to be back? Well, Cyclops,
1: obviously. James Marsden, the character could be. It, it all depends on where they spin it, but we'll we'll get it. Yeah, I think I
2: think it'll be James Marsden as as Cyclops. Do you feel it would be a different actor? Yes. They're
1: not... Well, this is the thing. In Apocalypse, we already know it's filmed in the 80s. We're not sure what parts of that X team are going to come back or join Professor Xavier. Sure, you could recast as a you know a younger Cyclops or something like that. But I think that this movie left the door open for more adventures with
0: the original
2: cast. That's what I thought, too. That was what I came away from.
0: See, I came away opposite. I feel like... That last closeout scene was the swan song for the old cast. And it could be that. And now they've done J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, where they can reboot the X-Men universe with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence and start from there. And then we'll get new actors cast as Cyclops and Jean, maybe a younger Iceman, new Angel, maybe a new Wolverine, heaven forbid, because... These actors are all too old to play them back in the eighties. But I feel like
1: you can spin off and do maybe two different versions of the franchise. You can stay with the the first class mm. cast that everybody like
2: they like them, but we also still like the original cast. Well, so you could do now that we're following the box office, we can. I mean, we can kind of gauge this stuff. People aren't as into the, the old, the first class characters nearly the way that they're into the original. Guys, that could prove problematic. I think that this movie was so big because it was Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, because it was you know, and bring Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart back, back. and ended- you know, and you're recognizing all these faces. I, I don't feel like James McAvoy brought anybody to the to the screen or to the theater to see that. But I do he did think great.
1: but I do think that in apocalypse they have already said it out there it's going to be in the 80s it's going to be How is
2: it definitely going to be in the 80s? They've
1: said as much. They okay. said it's going to be in the 80s because it seems like they're doing period pieces. Yeah. I can't wait for the next one when they do the 90s. It'll be it'll have to be X-Force, sparkly eyes, pouches, big guns.
0: Well, isn't See, that's one I think by then they'll tackle Phoenix Saga with brand new, because now okay. now they can tell they've, they've erased everything we get a brand new yeah. start, they can tell well, the origin of the original X-Men
2: before, okay, before we go there because I had some questions, because I was not crystal clear on everything by the end of this movie um, I would like to say that I would also give this movie an 8, I thought it was, it was great um, so no, there was I wasn't setting it up to knock it down I liked it, I thought it was a lot of fun I want to see it again. I saw Captain America twice. Ended up liking it better the second time. Same with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Chances are, I would do the same with X-Men. So, I don't know if I'm going to make it out to the theater again, but I'll definitely check it out when it comes out for, for home video. Paul, your feelings on this
0: film? I would give it a 7. Because I went in with high. expectations, expectations. I expected to be blown away, and I kind of wasn't. It was good. I I really enjoyed it, but uh, there were three things that I can't stop. I can't stop critiquing. Okay. And we talked about all the great stuff. Hugh Jackman's amazing. Um, What's his face from American Horror Story? Evan Peters was great as Quicksilver. All the little in jokes from the old series, and you know, I'm, I'm new like that, blah blah blah. When Hugh Jackman goes through the metal detector and it doesn't go off, it's and he's like, huh. Yeah. Like all, all that little stuff. It was great. Really enjoyed it. But, um, and you guys can either, like, rationalize this for me, or help me understand this. Wouldn't it have made more sense if Voldemort Trask was going after Rogue because she's the one with the ability to duplicate powers, yeah, where Mystique just duplicates looks.
1: Yeah, that would make more sense.
0: Well, but Anna only... Paquin is too big of an actress to even be in the film. Yeah, I think for Anna like Paquin ten... is too small of an actress because Jennifer Lawrence, America's sweetheart, sells tickets.
2: Could Perhaps, could, but why the hell did Anna Paquin get fifth billing in that movie? Yeah, well, she, she didn't she was even acting?
1: open her mouth. Like, she was just, yeah, what's up? It was also great seeing Kelsey Grammer's beast. That was good. Was that really Kelsey Grammer? I believe he came back and filmed I don't know like, if it was
0: or not. Because I think I it was.
1: I heard it was. Okay.
0: But it was supposed to... It, if it was or wasn't, it was supposed to be that beast. Right, right. Because he... All the problems with X3, he wasn't one of them. Right. Like, he was... He was the best part, almost. Yeah, so it was, it was all that stuff. And, like, Cyclops shows up, and it's James Mars, then... Because no one said anything. That was like, I almost got choked up. It was like the highlight of that movie for me. It was such a good hidden moment in that movie. Because, you know, we live
1: in an age where we spoil everything. And, you know, us three are always on the internet. we argued stuff about down.
0: it on this podcast. About how they bring everybody back but James Morrison. There's no James Morrison. Allie Berry sucks because she hates James Barnes. I
1: complained about it in the theater during the trailers right before the movie played. I was yelling about, it, like, oh, man, you know, that's who they need to bring back or recast him or whatever. And, man, it was one of the most gratifying of yeah, moments.
0: Being, being a huge Anna Paplin fan, it was great seeing her and Bobby together at the end because, you know, they introduced the love triangle with, Kitty, and then it's Bobby and Kitty from there on, and I was always jacked, because Anna Packham got the short end of that stick. Well, and, and maybe here's another thing. They already did that. It was called X-Men. So, seeing them together it, at the end there, like, I feel like I got closure from this cast. I almost feel yeah. like this old cast, you know, Sean Ashmore, James and Tom Kajansen, like, they're like, my X-Men. And then there's this new, younger, my brother's X-Men generation coming up. So, like, having them close out With all the X-Men that I love was, was awesome But the You know, the I, I know why they didn't Because Anna Papua doesn't sell movie tickets Well,
1: and, like I but, said They already did that, it was called X-Men When Magneto needed Rogues, powers to power the Mutant making Magnet thing in the first one So, I guess it would feel
2: like a rehash I thought they set it up Where they needed just DNA, not powers, just mutant DNA. But and they made such a. replicating powers.
1: They made such a big deal about Mystique's powers and mm-hmm. and, and the way that hers. You know, they, they could have taken any mutant, and I guess they were at some point
0: trying to gather mutants and, and capture them. But they, it was a huge deal that it was hard. So, like my my nerve brain had to fight through that. Um, it also had to fight through Kitty Pride's magical telepathic abilities. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. In the comics, they get secondary mutations later on. Emma Frost turns into a diamond. Maybe that's what that was, but even so, why isn't that Charles doing that? He's the most powerful telepathic mind ever. Why isn't he doing that? And if he does that, that also makes more sense as to how...
2: It's not telepathy. It's sending somebody back in time, right?
0: Yeah, sending their consciousness back through telepathy. I guess so, the way that they write and, it off is that she's fa- like she phases through time, and this
1: is a bigger once she masters her powers, she can phase somebody's brain through time. Yeah, I'm rational. And if Charles,
0: if Charles can do it, then that also makes more sense to why he can directly talk to his younger self because they're linked directly through Wolverine, not Wolverine's brain telling young Charles. Maybe what old Charles would say. Yeah, like no, that that was a weird
2: part for me as I hear, well. I think that's a good point that you're making, but I don't care. Didn't bother me one bit. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, and yeah, that probably would be better. And Doesn't matter. Mystique at the very end. Why? Why is she Stryker? Well, Stryker
1: to me, the whole Stryker in this film seemed like forced and crammed oh, yeah. in oh, there. Really. Um Because originally, I read after the fact that they originally cast that actor to play something else. That part got X'd out of the movie. (laughs) Brian Singer...
2: Boy, you and your... I know, right? Singer's tonight.
1: Brian Singer wanted him to play something, so he just made him young uh, striker. But it felt kind of forced. It
2: did feel forced, but I sort of like it in a way because it's showing a little bit why he fucking hates mutants. Because he got fucked up constantly by them. And how would it, like, say some of that stuff happened, like,
1: you know, those Sentinels were ready in the 70s. Why did we take so long to, you know, initiate them or get them out in the public, track mutants down? Like, it seemed strange there. Also, Magneto being able to control them just with the metal throughout them, that seemed like a stretch. That seemed a little
0: weird to me, too, because they're electrical. Yeah, and I don't think that he just using them as marionettes would really Because work. it wasn't because he was also firing the shit.
2: Like I, yeah. And was, he, well, he was like, like, and he was commanding them too.
1: Yeah. Like you
0: get down here, and, yeah, like that, was,
1: that seemed like that a stretch. That was, that was weird to
2: me too. It felt very comic book.
1: I mean, I rolled with it, but if we're going to say things that we have problems with... I'm still giving it a 7, Yeah, but there were a handful of things like that.
2: To try to rationalize it and understand it, you're almost now putting this in the Dark Knight kind of world. Like, trying to make it a little real world. I'm fine with this being a comic book thing, and and just being like, Oh, okay, there's metal in him, and he's controlling the metal, that's fine. Never. I really like...
1: The way that Beast looked in this movie, I think that was the best, like, transformation and fully realized Beast that we've seen yet. It was really good. Was kind of where He was he...
2: really good in X-Men 3. Yeah, I, I mean, well, but he
1: was in, like, he was in action in this one, too. You could see how he was using his powers and all
2: that stuff. He was in action in X-Men 3. I, I barely remember it. Yeah, it was pretty substantial. He was, he, like, saved the day at the end of X-Men 3. Yeah, some, some rough wire work, but he was in yeah. action. Yeah, remember when he when he is first introduced? He's in the study reading upside down, and he like does that flip. That was like really cool. But yeah, some of the wire work was atrocious. It looked like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon if you remember that shit. Yeah. I I snorted
0: out loud when Magneto's walking through somewhere, and he has the fucking Benoit balls. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I I I snorted, and Justin beside me snorted at the same time.
1: There was a lot of good humor, a lot of good drama. I liked all the stuff with Charles Xavier, the, how they explained uh, um, him kind of losing his powers but gaining his legs and that choice that he had to make. I liked all the stuff with uh, McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender on the airplane. I thought that was really
2: good. They were a great scene. Everybody was so good. At like, there was no weak link to this movie, in my opinion. All the performances were right up there and I, I honestly, like, I can't pick, well, who's the worst? I can't. They were all great.
1: I was extremely happy with everything and, and how much characters were on screen. You guys mentioned Halle Berry, who's pretty, maybe, I guess, hated. Is that fair? Think, fans don't yeah. like Halle Berry as
2: Storm? I feel like the fans have cooled on that a little bit, just because the last couple times we've seen her, she hasn't been to the forefront like she was maybe in X-Men 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, you know, i rewatched really X-Men 1 the night before we went and saw Days of Future Past, and she had that terrible whatever accent. I don't remember what country it's supposed to be, but I actually remember it being worse. Like, yeah. I had allowed it to get worse in my mind year after year, you know, remembering... I didn't like it. But when I saw it, I was like, it's not that bad.
1: Now, how did X-Men, the original, hold up for you? I have it on Blu-ray, but I
2: haven't watched it in a long time. I felt that it held up really well. And it's also very well made, because you can tell that Bryan Singer did not have a substantial budget. But he made the most out of the budget that he had, and told a pretty big-scope story with it. Um... And he did it really well. You know? Like I love the, the introduction of Wolverine in that movie and the way he's driving through like whatever it is, Alaska, you know, on those snowy roads and the way Sabretooth is introduced. And I still say Tyler Main is a better fucking sabretooth than Lee Yeah, For as much as I absolutely love him. Leaf Shriver,
0: that was poor casting.
1: He's just not
0: really the menacing not, kind of. He's not feral honestly.
1: He would. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he is, but he'd just make a better Wolverine.
0: If we I were going to. It's all Wolverine. <laughs> you know, he... problems with Hugh Jackman. Leaf Shriver's. Like is he is he
1: taller? Three. I thought he was shorter.
2: Than Hugh Jackman?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. To the Google. Well, regardless. Yeah, Tyler Mayne was pretty good. Uh, in, in Days of Future Past, they recast the road. Toad, um... How do you like this new version of Toad? I think he looked better. You know, I was a little sad that it wasn't, you know, Ray Park with his really shitty makeup job. To me, he looked like Strong Guy.
1: Before yeah. he... Hey, that's, uh, who I thought, yeah. that's who I thought he was in the trailers the whole time until he, you know, did his toad team. Toadish
2: things. But why is he back? Can't they write him out? <laughs> like, what <a> shitty <laughs> character. Toad. Yeah one of the criticisms I can see and this goes back to Jennifer Lawrence being America's sweetheart boy was she crammed down our throats in this movie I I feel like Mystique doesn't need to be that prominent a character but because of her A-list billing these days she kind of has to be
0: it sucks if you're if if you go see the movies and then you go to the comic shop to buy some Storm or to buy some Mystique comics good luck finding them because in comics she's like a D-list character yeah, yeah, like, the
1: body paint from Rebecca Romaine Stamos in the original X-Men kind of made that character. But is it me, or do do you guys kind of want to see the next version of Mystique in, like, the white robe? Like, I think I want to see Oh, that. yeah, that would be cool. Like, I think that would be cool. It would be a cool departure. If we're going to do, you know, the next film and have her in Apocalypse, put her in the white robe thing. Yeah,
0: I'd like to see that. I think that yeah. would be pretty neat and sexy. It's weird. We're going, like,
2: reverse sexy. Now, I, I like that better. Can you guys sort of explain the ending as far as... Because I I was a little bit confused. Okay, I'm a lot confused. of confused. You guys didn't answer me why it's Mystique at the end that pulls Oh, I, we have no number. idea. That's,
1: I don't know, and that's shitty. Because I, if I it's Mystique
2: know. saving him, then... Because he, he never goes to Weapon X, then. So or then he or, doesn't get the skeleton? It's weird in Nebula. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know what powers he has at the end when he wakes up because we don't see any of his powers. We don't
1: know
0: if he has a skeleton. That was a bad choice. So we're all in the dark.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're all in the dark. Now, what I don't really understand is, so why is it that Professor X knew that he was waiting all these years for Wolverine for the Wolverine that he knew back in the '60s to show up in present day? Nobody else knew. Anybody like Beast or um, Magneto. Or maybe they did, I don't know. But it seemed like... You mean at the very... Yeah, it seemed like Professor X was the only one that knew.
0: Well, I don't know why he knew, because before they sent him back, they're like,
2: once all this is done, you're
0: You're the only one that's going to remember this. You're the only brain strong enough to retain all of this. But
2: it was like he didn't just live his life. It was like he just woke up. Like, he missed from that. Right, like, what happens when you meet Wolverine the
1: first time in your Charles Xavier? Well, it would be awesome if there's some weird, like, little Easter egg that we're missing in the first version of X-Men where okay. he says something, you know, but I know that. So I was
2: confused case. by this. So I'm confused too. Yeah.
0: Paul? Okay, yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know why Charles would... Be tuned into any of that. To, to so Paul's unless, point earlier, unless Wolverine shows up and Charles reads his mind, that's right. that's why he knows.
1: Maybe, but to your point earlier, wouldn't it made more sense if Professor X is sending Wolverine back? Then they would have that cha- that shared mind. And you know, I, gu- I guess I mean that would make more sense. The things that didn't make sense were outweighed by the fun that I had.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally, this was the coolest use of mutant powers we've ever seen. That opening, like, in the future... Who was your favorite, um, future X-Man? Iceman. I he him. was cool. He was doing his Iceman thing, Because right? he, was,
0: he was the Iceman we flung to see <laughs> for, like, three movies. Ice slide. Doing, doing Iceman shit. Holy ice yeah. up. Ice beard. Yeah! I liked
1: Iceman a lot. I liked Blink. That's a character that I never liked before, but I liked in this film. Paul does not approve. Of course he doesn't, because he hates women. And Asians.
0: I love Asian women. But not separate. I didn't like any of... I didn't like... um, Bishop.
2: I'm pretty sure I I said, who's your favorite? Uh, I said, who's uh, your favorite? And Paul's like, I didn't like this, and I didn't like... I I, I I didn't didn't like the Brazilian guy, the black dude, the Asian girl. (laughs) He's just like the blue-eyed blonde dude.
0: Now I'm defending
2: myself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in trouble.
1: (laughs) Because you're a racist.
0: I, mean, I don't like any of those, the new mutants, because I'm not
2: familiar with them. I don't know any of them. We know why you really didn't like them. I don't really know any of them either, but I'm saying, like, did any of them look cool to you to the point where you're like, boy, I really like that. I one. like Bishop, too. And I, I thought, whoa, I wish he could cool. do some more shit. Yeah, I thought Warpath was really cool. I Like I said before, I'll go see a movie with all those futuristic mutants in it. Yeah. That feels like that could be good. Tell me how it is. X-Force or something. Uh, yeah. no,
0: I, liked, I liked Bobby Drake, and I liked Colossus, <laughs> and Kitty Pryde. Nice white
2: hair. All those other dummies, not feeling it. Those minorities. So, okay, we, we gave our scores 8, 8, and 7. How do we feel this ranks amongst the other X-Men movies? I would say
1: that it's either 1 or 2. My really? Yep, it's it's huh. either it is either the best X Men movie that I've ever seen or the second best.
2: nah huh? I have to agree. Um, however, before I go there, because I'm I'm saying it's either X Men Two or this. That's right? what that's what I'm saying as well. I just haven't seen X Men Two in so long. However, X Men One holds up really fucking well now. I have a lot of nostalgia built in for it as well because I saw when it came out, and it did usher in the modern era of comic book movies. This was, you know, this predates Spider-Man One, which really blew things wide open. But this is this is the reason Spider-Man One happened. If this was a, com- if X-Men One was a complete failure, and it could have been because didn't have a big budget it could have been if Brian Singer wasn't the, the maker of that movie there's a damn good chance that, that movie would have completely fell on its face and nobody would have cared and you would have never had Spider-Man and right now we wouldn't be sitting here in the Saw Studios talking about the X-Men franchise but with all that said and as well as I felt X-Men 1 held up after just seeing it yeah I'm right there with you it's either one or two Oh,
0: um, it's
2: probably three. I you would say
1: one,
0: one, two, and then two, one, two. Days of Future Past. I haven't seen um X Two or X Men, especially X Men, in a long time. So if I go back and watch those, you know, sometime this week, that may change. But right now. It's it's third. I've seen X two a lot because I I love that film. It's one of my favorite comic
1: book movies. So I watched that probably I probably have watched that within a year yeah, or so. I've seen X
0: that's two a shit ton of times. It's a great and fucking
2: upgrade. It it does to me. Yeah, it's a really I, great. I really want to see. It. But I didn't I didn't want to watch it without watching one again. So yeah. I went ahead and I watched one, and I just didn't quite have the energy to do two movies in that one night. But I'm still gonna check it out again. I think I've only seen it one fucking time. X, X2. Yeah. Oh, really? No, in the one time in the theater, but I loved it. I went to see it twice. I went to see
1: the original X Men probably three times. Really? Yeah. We went to go see it, Paul.
2: So, yeah. Yeah, it's got some. It's got some rough edges. Like, you can see the budgetary constraints and they. They really managed to... You know, it's like the original Star Wars. You get the most that you can out of, like, kind of smaller budgets. They could have screwed that
1: story up in so many ways, but it feels like Brian Singer just told the perfect story for that time
2: with the constraints, with the cast. How cool is it, too, that, that that is the movie that put Hugh Jackman on the map? Had he never done that, nobody would give a fuck about him. And he wasn't now, even the first choice as Wolverine. There no. other
1: dude cast... Broke his arm or something yeah. like that. And Hugh Jackman steps in and becomes a huge star.
0: I'd like to think his star would have shown brightly regardless. Hopefully. You need
1: that
2: break, though, man. You need the big... Yeah, I mean... Look at Harrison Ford. He was a carpenter. And he got the... the oh, damn good
1: him. carpenter, too. Probably.
2: Indiana Jones
1: built this house.
2: Yep. He built this city... Any other final thoughts about X Men: Days of Future Past, guys? I don't know why
0: <laughs> that one got such high building.
2: Wasn't that insane? It was like, so I weird. feel like when when her I don't name even showed think up on screen
0: for a full second,
2: when her name showed up, I feel like there was an audible like, "What the?" I think, I think Dominic- everybody did say Dominic was shouting out loud. Why is she on there? And I'm like, dude, you know this is still the movie theater, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was so loud about it.
0: He was loud about it. That's what Dom does. I love other Paquin to death. So that's that's fine with me. I wish they hadn't cut her other scenes, but I guess I'll have to pick up the DVD. I was, I was
2: a little underwhelmed by the Apocalypse stuff because I didn't... I, I'm not that super familiar. The Apocalypse that I know is very 90s, and he looks nothing like that kid did at the end of
0: I was told by a nerd this week that when he is born and he's a kid, that's what he looks like. He's real pale, he has the powers, but then it's some crash-landed spaceship or meteorite that turns him into like robotic apocalypse that we're used to seeing. Right.
1: And in the current X-Men, that's what he looks like. Somehow, the kid apocalypse version got brought into the future. I'm not totally sure how that happened. But he is part of Wolverine's, the, you know, the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters. He's part of that school, and they're always having a dilemma whether to kill this kid because they know one day he'll grow up to become Apocalypse or to try to show him the way and, and have him become a hero. It's that nature-nurture kind of thing. But it, I, I didn't have a big deal. We were sitting next to Joe Saxman, who loves Apocalypse, and he was pretty upset that he didn't look like the massive, hulking apocalypse that he knows from the X Men cartoon.
2: Now, but when they when they go into the eighties, he's going to look the way he's supposed. to. I would to, right? imagine they he's would not have to look like
1: some child. No, cartoon. I would think that he will be the apocalypse that we all know, or, right, um, facsimile of that. Right.
2: So apocalypse, apocalypse built the pyramids. He had four horsemen, and he had four horsemen literally in the. Shot. In the end scene. Are, the, are the horsemen going to play a role in the next movie or well, is it just horsemen?
1: symbolic? The horsemen change, so it doesn't matter in that end scene who the horsemen are. He has in the past picked horsemen. Uh, the Hulk has been a horseman in the yeah. past. Angel famously is one of the horsemen. So uh,
2: yeah, that's right.
1: That's how, that's how Angel became Archangel. So his name
2: is Apocalypse, but he never really did bring about. What his namesake is. I
1: don't believe so,
2: no. Boy, he kind of has quite an ego. Maybe he He's had centuries to do it. Maybe he's just a patient man. Patient little tail child. His name should be Patient Apocalypse.
0: I hope they don't... Like, I've I've always thought Apocalypse looks kind of cool. Yeah, because it looks like Darkseid. Probably, yeah. He looks like a cross between Dark Side and the anti So, yeah, I've, I've always thought he looked neat, even with those weird, giant, blue lips. So, I, I know I'm not going to get the lips, and I'm going to be disappointed. But I hope the rest of it I looks kind of like I think you like the way lips. he does. They'll give you the lips. Don't worry. What is that? Just some cosplayer. Well, folks, I think that's going to wrap up. Our days of future past with you and our uh, Fantastic Four slugfest. Did that get heated, boy? <laughs> I can't wait till that
1: film comes out or we hear anything else substantial about it that That's we can how we do about. on
0: the Microsoft's podcast. Thanks again to everyone for listening and uh, downloading download the podcast. We appreciate
2: it. Uh, my name is Paul McGinty, Ian Sharpley, Matt out. We'll see you next. Time.
1: constantly trying to kill each other on the podcast (laughs) if it's not me and Paul ganging up on you, it's you and Paul ganging up on me. I do feel
2: like more often than not it's you two knuckleheads versus me. That's because you're a sensitive bitch.